I teach you how to shun and flee. What harms your soul salvation? Your heart from every guile to free from sin and its temptation. I am the refuge of the soul and lead you to your heavenly goal. Let us not forget that. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The Lord be with you. Do you remember way back, I guess, oh my, it seems like years ago now, when you could go out to dinner, you could sit at a table, you could be waited on by somebody, you could receive cooked order meals, fresh, you could eat in a really relaxed and peaceful setting. You remember those days? Some of the young people are going, something later on, you, Lindsay, again, Kenzie, you're going to say, man, that was the good old days. It seems like a long time ago. Is it just me, or has the quality of food gone down in proportion to the needs of the restaurant to make available to you all kinds of services, even if they can't handle the business? Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I see many signs on the restaurants with this either offering all of these things. Order online, dine in, pick up, delivery, and something called curbside. I can't imagine you want to go out to a curb to get your food, but who knows? And for those that are allowed to go in and sit down and eat, you have to wait longer because the people out there are driving through the cars and the lanes and they need to get first. And so by the time you get your little ditty of food like Chick-fil-A and it's delicious waffle fries, by the time you get home, it ain't no waffle. It is the soggiest thing you've ever seen. And that buttery bread is like this. And yet we still do it. The hungry populace follows on. They just keep on, and blindly it seems, as if they're immune or that they don't care about the drop in quality and the increase in cost. We have arrived at the world of convenience over quality. We see it in all of its ugliness sometimes. It's not just food establishments either. I figured this out. Do you, the public has been drawn into this convenience factor in a big way. You know, you can buy a car from a vending machine now. What? You can spend $25,000, never sit in the car, never kick the tires, never test drive it. Just, boop, I want that one. It comes around and around, comes out, and they take it to your home. Contactless salesman. And every business has online ordering. Amazon is the behemoth of the world. You spend more money on the internet to buy items than in retail stores, and you order those items by what you see. You don't touch it, you don't feel it, you don't put it on, you don't try it, you don't test it out, you just order it, and most of the time it's not what you order, it isn't the quality you thought it would be because you didn't even put it on. Personal part of shopping is gone, it's become a casualty of convenience. It's more important, when you think about it, for some people to follow everybody else's lead. Everybody's doing this, right? Everybody's got apps. Everybody's following. Say, follow us. Do this. Do this. Everything. Everybody. After all, look at the money you're saving. by not having, you, know, you can have all your purchases delivered to the front door. 
Why wouldn't you? And there's even a new job description for those conspicuous packages at the door. And no experience necessary. You're just a porch pirate. You don't know if you're going to get your product or not. You have to rush home so you get it out of a box and get it into your house. Other businesses are using similar approaches. You can train and work from home now. Almost everybody does it thanks to COVID. Virtual doctor visits are my favorite. So you get real close to the, to the screen. Ah! <laughs> it may not even really be the doctor. It could be on tape, too. You have no idea. Did you know that apartment complexes have refuse specialists that come to your apartment door? You leave your trash at the outside of your door in your apartment complex, and people come at night at $20 an hour, pick up your trash, put it in the dumpster for you. You don't even have to drive your car. That one you bought in the vending lane? Don't even have to drive it. Just call Uber or Lyft. There's an app for everything. Even churches are, are using these new ways of reaching out. We call it evangelizing, virtual evangelizing, if you will. We're doing it right now. Hello to all you virtually. Did you know that many churches offer those services? We offer online worshiping. We're doing it right now. We take online orders. Here it is. I'm giving you the liturgical order for the day. Pick up. You can pick up here. Come by any time during the week when we're here. We'll give you bulletins, devotions, material, you know. We'll give you whatever you need. We've got a library. Perfect. Drop off? We don't have drop off. We have drop by. You call me. I'll set up an appointment. You can come in, have a confession, get the Holy Communion. If you're a member and standing in good order and have a benediction and you can go out. Isn't that amazing? We have delivery too. The pastor goes out to homes. For those who can't come, those who are, are underlying conditions right now with COVID or who are sick or I can't get to any, I go out to them. Provide confession, absolution, deliver the sacrament. And of course, the church still has dine-in worship, right? You worship here and you are fed to your fullness with God's grace. God's body and his blood, sir, his son's blood, body, true Right here. The only place you can get that. It seems like maybe we've fallen into that convenience too. Maybe, maybe we're getting too convenient and think, thinking more of convenience than we are about coming here to God's house. That's a problem we all have to face at some point in time during this crisis. But here's the truth. The grace that so freely flows in God's house through the words spoken and heard and sung and proclaimed, and then the sacrament of Christ's true body and blood in, with, and under the bread and wine for you, given for you for forgiveness, life, and salvation, all of this far outweighs, even eclipses, any services or conveniences that the rest of the world has to offer you, that the world wants you to follow. Well, what about the cost, Pastor? The cost of going up out there. My dear friends in Christ, the cost has already been paid for you. So why is it then 
<clears throat> that so many people find it so easy to follow the trends of the time, so eager to get on the latest app, do the latest service, whatever it is, have somebody else do this for you, no matter how much it costs. Why are they so easy to do that and they find it so difficult to follow Jesus? With Jesus, it's so very simple. You heard it in the gospel. Follow me. Whew. There's an app. Follow me. And then the word comes right in your face and you look at the gospel. Today's gospel is a case in point. In John's gospel account, we are introduced to Nathaniel, or Nathaniel, the English-speaking people. He's a young man from Cana in Galilee. He's a very serious student of the word. He likely may have even seen Jesus do this first uh, miracle, water into wine. But he has this very brief encounter. You only hear it, Nathaniel, in John, and we only hear about this meeting. Jesus has just emerged from that 40 days of temptation with Satan, so he's pretty tired, and he's walking along the Sea of Galilee in search of disciples. He already knows who he's going to call. Remember, he is omniscient. He goes out of his way to find him. Jesus meets Simon and his brother Andrew, and they become followers. And soon thereafter, Jesus finds Philip, and he tells them, follow me. Simple, simple message. Philip tells it to Nathaniel, who's sitting under a fig tree in, in his private devotion time as a good Jew. He tells Nathaniel, we found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel's pretty skeptical about that because there's no way in Scripture, anything he's read that mentions Nazareth, there is another little place it mentioned, Right? but not Nazareth. So he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip says, come, see for yourself. <laughs> Don't just turn away without investigating. Come, see. And Jesus sees Nathanael coming towards him, and he goes, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. He knows already omniscient that he is, that this man will follow him. He has gone out of his way to come to him. And he knows that Nathanael will speak the truth about him. But Nathanael says, how do you know me? Jesus says, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Jesus found Nathanael. Nathanael did not find Jesus. Something remarkable happens right after that. No one pays any attention to this. Nathaniel's words that you hear next render him the first recorded person to confess belief in Jesus as the Son of God. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Instantly, he knows that because of Jesus. And then Jesus answered him, You will see greater things than these. Truly I say to you, you will see heaven open, the angels of God ascending and descending on, on the Son of Man. Arcs back to Jacob's time. And just 40 days earlier, God reveals his Son as the Messiah at Jesus' baptism. 
the River Jordan. On this day, Jesus then reveals to Nathaniel not only who he is, but what lies ahead to everyone who decides to follow him. I tell you this old story because it's a story of faith that is formed in an instant, in a twinkling of an eye, at a single moment faith arrives. I tell you this because this is an example of how the Lord works. He doesn't work with apps. He doesn't use any special powers or gimmicks or resources to promote what he's offering. There's no curbside. Maybe there's a seaside. He's by the Sea of Galilee, but there's no curbside. Jesus comes right up to him and says, follow me. Simple words. Repetitive message. Small sentences with huge outcomes when you follow. I saw you. Follow me. Jesus uses that elsewhere. Jesus said to Philip, follow me. When he passed by that dastardly tax collector, Matthew, he says what? Follow me. To the rich young man he encounters on the road, he says, come, follow me. As a good shepherd, he tells his Pharisees, the sheep follow me, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will be my servant also. Philip followed. Andrew followed. Peter followed. Nathaniel, follow. And the rest of the disciples to whom Jesus would appear heard and followed. Even in our Old Testament lesson, a young Samuel hears God call him by name. And he responds, here I am. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. God is still working, still calling, still telling us to follow him. He's still speaking to us through his son. And with the spirit, as I mentioned in Bible study, Jesus, God, has called you by name right there in your baptism. And you were declared one of his children. The question for all of us today are we hearing like Samuel did and the disciples did? Are we following? If honestly the answer is no, why not? Is it because God isn't trending these days? Everything else, you've got to be trending. Are there too many other distractions? Too many other things to follow? Is Jesus or God becoming just another competing priority in your life? And thus he gets reduced down the pecking order? In a world and time where everyone is following the pauper trends of the day, is God's simple message that hard to embrace? Is it because it's so simple a message you think there's got to be strings attached to it? 
has God become an inconvenient truth? Have we succumbed to convenience versus the quality of a life with Jesus? Are we too busy listening to the ads and the news channels and the social media and all the political pundits speaking that we can't find the time anywhere in our lives to say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears? Or come near to him in his temple and really know him as young Samuel knew him. If any of the above strikes a nerve or hits the mark, I want you to know this. Jesus is not going away. Neither is the truth. The simple truth. No hype. No special incentives or shortcuts like drive up or DoorDash or Grubhub or free delivery or ordering online. Oh, there's a dash for the door going on right now, but that door don't lead to heaven. That dash for the door leads somewhere else. God has made possible free delivery through, for eternity through the sacrifice of his son. Sadly, that's not the delivery, the free delivery most people want in life, is it? The word, the world is online. And I would suggest to you that's a one long line with a wide swath that's not leading to an eternity in heaven. But despite all of that, there's still hope. There's always hope with Christ. God's word is unchanging. His truth is unequivocal. His love is unending. His mercy is immeasurable. And his patience, while not limitless, is blessedly and mercifully way beyond yours or mine. Thank you, Lord, for that. When things look bleak, when sadness and worry and fear take hold, when the cruelty of this world with its diseases and viruses and human faults and failures seem to overcome you, that's the time to be like Samuel and say, Speak, Lord. Your servant hears you. Listen to what God is saying. Hear that same message, that repetitive, true, life-changing, eternally altering encouragement simply said, follow me. When life turns dark, and it has for many of us in these times, and you can't seem to see your way forward, hear Jesus, because he says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So follow him, my dear friends, not only in prayer, but in action. Because the Lord is still calling you. He still sees you. He sees your heart even when you think nobody hears you or nobody knows what you're going through. Even when you think you're getting away with something and he doesn't know. Trust me, God knows. As scary and this may rightfully be to some of you, there is a great gospel lesson here that God knows you, that you are known and loved by him 
intimately, mercifully, joyfully, and fatherly. God knows your pains and your sorrows. He knows your worries and your fears. He knows that you, everything you need to support your body and your life. And he daily and richly provides you with all this and much more. He comes to you this very day because of his unconditional love for you and his compassion for you. And he's faithful in his promises and the gifts he gives you in his word and sacrament. Not only in the life-giving waters of baptism, but in the words proclaimed in the absolution of your sins and in his own body and blood and blessings which we will receive shortly. It's up to you to follow him. I can't make you faithful. I can't make you repent and believe and rejoice because of God's grace which comes to you through Christ alone. I can't make you change. I can't argue you into believing or following Jesus. I don't have that authority or, or that ability. I can, though, point you to the reality that Jesus is here in your midst right now, not just here, but always. I can tell you Jesus is still saying, I saw you. Follow me. I can also say that, that those words speak no more loudly than they do right here in God's house. Here is where you can see Jesus most clearly, most closely. That you can know him as Samuel did outside the curtain of the Holy of Holies. It's amazing how some, often people talk about their struggles recognizing Christ in their life these days, about how difficult it is to stay in the faith. I hear people tell me that there's so many other interferences. I hear people say, I just feel so alone. I feel distant. I feel removed. I'm out of touch. I've heard them say, I can't see him, so I can't believe in him. But he sees you. That's the most important thing. And he's there with you. He's always there with you. If you have any doubts, turn around now. Turn to Christ. Follow him. For when you do, you're not following him blindly. The Spirit's leading you. The Spirit is guiding you. Let him work at his will in you. You see, the problem is not that he left you ever, that you head away from him. Nobody said that life was going to be easy if you follow him, especially Jesus. He said it himself. He told you to take up your cross and follow him. But here's the rub. You are to follow him. You're not to give him orders about where you want him to go. If that's what you're struggling with, it's a simple answer. Just follow. His message today is clear as it was to Andrew and Peter, to Nathaniel, to Philip, 
to all those disciples that he found along the Sea of Galilee. Follow me. May this good news of the gospel bring about the faithful, the necessary, and the life changes in you that it has in all Christian, precious children of God. May your eyes be open to God's goodness so that you can see heaven opened right now and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man who dwells with us as we speak in his word and in his body and in his blood. May your eyes be open to the reality of God with us and miraculously working among us calling each of us to turn and follow him and him alone, our sole source of light and life and salvation. Amen.